All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am Nick Fairby, Ray for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we have a few things to talk about. Nike Sabande said he will return to the team in 2023, 2022, 2023, whatever you want to call that season we'll talk about that the importance of that and what that means for next season and the building blocks Jeff Capel might have to work with in that season should he get another year we'll also talk about Pitt's defense some very impressive stats coming out about the Pitt Panthers football team defense and all that it's coming up here on today's episode of Locked On Pitt Are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. For today's episode, as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day, folks. Leave a like, subscribe, do all that great stuff. Leave a review, give me feedback. I always appreciate that from you guys. I need the feedback in order to make this show as good as it possibly is, and so I always appreciate any help I can get from you guys. Now, loaded episode today. We have a lot of things to talk about. You know, Nike Sabondi's returning to the men's team. The women's team gets a big win over Clemson. We'll talk about them and if they're progressing along. And, and also Pitt football, there's a debate. I think there's a debate to be had around the Pitt football scheme that that can be talked about. And, and we will talk about that. But but I do want to lead off the show with talking about my Nike Sabondi, who said on 93.7 The Fan, Jeff Capel's radio show with Jeff Hathorne. It's a great show, and Jeff does a great job over there. But he, you know, Sabande was one of the guests along with Justin Champagne today. And what he said was he he is coming back next year. Obviously, he's not playing this year after tearing his ACL and a game against Gannon. Just terrible luck for Pitt's program and, and losing him was big because Pitt doesn't really have anyone to replicate what he does. And so Getting him back next year is going to be exactly what they need in terms of the backcourt, right? The backcourt, like just on paper next year, the backcourt looks pretty solid. Like, like you can make a good argument that Pitt's backcourt is at least decent next year. You know, between Odukali, Burton, Horton, Sabande, and Zaykuda, you like those are. Not bad. Those are solid. That's a solid core. Now, you need another point guard. I think you need like a quarterback-type point guard that can run the point, that can actually be a true point guard. Femi, isn't it? You know, even though he's done well with it this year, Burton isn't really a true point guard. So having a true point guard that can facilitate everything, that can set everything up, I think it will help the offense even more. You know, they like Burton is a ball handler and a good ball handler, but he's not a point guard. They need a true blue point guard. And I think that's going to be one of their big needs coming up in the offseason if Capel hits the portal. But getting Nike Sabande back's big. I think people underestimate kind of what Nike Sabande did last year. He's a good player. Like this is a good player that creates his shots. That's a creative score. Pitt doesn't have many creative scores on this team. Like shot creators, 
in the ACC at a high level of men's basketball, even in college basketball, in the ACC, having guys that can make something out of nothing, create their own shot, that can create something when it's not there, that, that you need that, right? You need guys like that. And Nike Sabande is one of those guys. And, and so Pitt lost that oomph when they lost Nike Sabande. And that was that was the thing that they they just have no replacement for. They don't have a guy that that can go and create off dribble, turn, spin around, and and make things happen like that. Outside of really, I would consider Jamarius Burton. And Burton's not the the crafty, creative scorer that Nike Sabande is, because Nike can create such great ability off the drive, off those dribble drives into the paint. And he has a really good left hook. He has a really good right hook. You know, he's got different – he's like double-handed at the rack, which is always a good thing that, to have because you can't force him one way or another. And then he's also got these creative moves to create spacing for himself and, and others. And he draws guys in. And then, you know, he's also able to create off the dribble. And so when you are able to create off the dribble both beyond the arc and within the arc, maybe from the elbow or the free throw line, whatever it might be in terms of the – David, the mid-range game, like that's something you need. And in this team just doesn't really have it. Um, it. It's tough because even Burton doesn't really create off dribble. He's a catch and shoot type guy. He, he's a guy that more so creates that shot. Like he doesn't create it off the dribble. He doesn't create it really off screens. Burton more so drives and creates that himself through physicality more so than anything. So, so Sabande now coming back it's going to give him a little bit of a different type of feel and a different type of score. He's a dynamic scorer. You need guys like this. And so, you know, Nike Sabande is a guy you really like to have. And I think that's exactly what they're going to get with him. And so the outlook is you have a good backcourt that needs a point guard. And there's going to be other things they need. Of course, you're going to need another big man to replace Mogi. But Sabande plays with such energy. He he get he he actually ended the year really well in terms of offensive boards. He's a playmaker. Nike Sabande is a guy that having him return opens up the playbook a lot. And so that's exactly what Pitt can do. Now they can run different sets, they can run different things. They have another one where you they have another guy that you have to worry about and, and a shot creator that you have to worry about is a lot different than a guy that, you know, is like a Horton. Like, Ithio Horton can create a shot to a degree. Not off the dribble, though. Not quite like Nike Sabande can. And so with Nike Sabande having this ability to create off dribble, and this ability to, to do these things that he can do at a really high level, you look at him and, and you at least... If you, so for example, he's going to drive, it's going to draw someone to him because they're going to realize he can create that shot. It's going to open things up underneath for guys like John Hughley, uh, for, for other bigs that might come in. Like he's going to be a guy that can open things up. And he's a, he's a solid three point shooter in his own right. I mean, the, the, the sample size wasn't huge for him last year, which is something to note. The, the sample size for Sabande last year, you know, the, the puzzling thing was why did he not play? as much before when he actually did play, but he shot 43% from three point, really 44, 43.6% from three point range. I mean, he's a guy that that is going to get you that high level variance from beyond the arc. 
And, and that's a, a big time addition to the team. It's something they don't have. And, and so when you add a guy like Nike Sabande to, to this backcourt that already has a three-point shooter, that has a guy that can create in the mid-range game, that has a physical player in Burton and has this lengthy guy in Femi Odukali, you now have four guys that are actually working together in a mesh, and you can run a three-guard lineup pretty easily. You can you can take breaks. You have different options. You can have an offensive lineup with Horton, Burton, and Sabande. You can have a more defensive, grinded-out type style with Burton, Odukali, and, and Sabande. And then you also, if you add a fifth guy to that rotation, that true blue point guard, right? If you add that true blue point guard, you have many different modes you can work with. And so that's exactly what Jeff Capel can build here. If you can build that backcourt that actually is deep, that has depth, and for the first time you actually have different ways in which you can attack them. Hey, you even have a defensive lineup. Like Onye is Ikuda is going to be viable at times too. Like let's not completely dismiss him. Like he he even if they have five guys ahead of him, and he comes on, like he could be a viable option in a hyper defensive lineup where they feel like they need that extra defense, they need that extra energy. So, so they have they're gonna have different types of options if they can hit the portal and get a really solid point guard. It doesn't have to be a special point guard. It doesn't have to put up twenty points per game, but a point guard that can create uh, lanes, that can get into passing lanes, that can distribute the ball well, that has good ball screen vision, that has just good court vision in in general. If they can get a guy like that, it'll be, it'll be good cooking for Pitt because I, I I fully believe one thing is that they're gonna get John Hughley back. Marlon Barnes is committed. Keyshawn Hall, they're still recruiting him. The Brush program and Pitt are like this. Like, they are like that. They are close. And so I don't see Hughley transferring. I think Pitt's going to be able to get Hughley back. Now, you can talk about other guys, Femi Odukali, other guys like that, but I think they're going to get back John Hughley. And I think mostly this backcourt's going to stay intact. So you get at those three back, even if you are minus Odukali, for example, and you, Femi, I know Femi can be frustrating, but having him back would be nice for his length, for his ability to create. He's got upside, like the physical upside is clear there with, with Femi Odicali. But but you're going to have a solid backcourt and, and a deep backcourt. And, and that could be something that's really enticing for Pitt and really enticing for a big man that would want to come in and replace Mogi. That would be very enticing for them. For a point guard that wants to come in and run the point, there's a huge void here, and he's got talented guards to distribute it to. So, so there's different things that you look at, and there, there is a path here to where Pitt can be a decently tough team to, to out next year, and, and that's certainly one way to do it. And Sabande coming back, it, it's it's the first step in, a, in abetting that and, and aiding that process for Jeff Capel. So it's nice to have it back, and and I, I think that getting Nike Sabande back is, is a good first step. So we'll talk about Pitt's defense now. I know there's the whole debate about scheme and what it is, but the efficacy, it's undeniable when you look at the stats. However, first, folks, I want to let you know about Get Upside because this is Nick Faribault with an incredible app who buys gas for everyone. You need to know about Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Folks, use the promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use the promo code score for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank folks some people are making up 
to two to $300 a year in cashback. And there's no catch. The cashback is added right to your bank account and you can cash it anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get 25 cents per gallon or more cashback on your first tank. That's code SCORE. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As we are here talking a little bit about Nike Sabande earlier, now I want to move to the pit defense and, and kind of talk about, like, I just find it interesting that, you know, we as as fans and even analysts are critical of Pat Narduzzi's scheme for a lot of different reasons. Because you, you have games like Oklahoma State, UCF, um, Clemson, right? Like these games that are big. Western Michigan is obviously the biggest example of such. Like you have these games and people get on Narduzzi's case about it. And it's actually very interesting to me to look at it. When you look at top stats and where Pitt ranks in a lot of these top stats, I'm not talking like total yardage, passing yardage. Like they're going to give up things like that, right? Like, that happens. It happens to Pitt. So it's, it, I, I don't, I don't view it as, like, giving up yards is different than simply letting them walk down the football field. Because you can give up yards. You can be good in the red zone. You can be good on third down. This Pitt team's always among the best in third down, fourth down, um, red zone defense. They're very good in those areas. This is a pit team that has always been good in those areas. And as Narduzzi has really recruited to his personnel, that's been something to me that's always stuck out. And and I actually really appreciate that about Pitt and, and what Pat Narduzzi does. It's a run-first-stop scheme. And, and so when you look at what Pitt's going to do and, and what they have to do defensively, the pass is going to be given up every now and then. It happens. Pitt is a volatile scheme. The, the quarters to keep them in man like that, I get it. It can be frustrating. It can be tough. It can be hard to watch at times. But you also have to look at the efficacy. They're, they're always one of the best running defenses in the, in the ACC, usually in the NCAA. They, they always lead the NCAA in sacks or, or top three. Always wreaking havoc in terms of that havoc stat. Um, I like the havoc stat. If you don't know what havoc is, it's you know tackles for loss, passes defensed, pressures, um, QB hits, sacks, all that taken into account. The havoc score pits always at the top of it because they play a really aggressive defense, and their pass rushers are so good and talented. Narduzzi's scheme, though, it has proven to be effective. Maybe I not get maybe against top conference teams and there i think there is i think there is criticisms to the scheme but you know pick six previews had top top defenses a three-year average over 2019 to 2021 it's opponent adjusted per play the top five georgia clemson alabama pitt iowa i mean pitt is in that conversation with clemson georgia and alabama 
It's it's impressive. It really is, especially when you look at at how Pitt recruits compared to those three schools. That's the real impressive thing. It shows me good coaching, good talent evaluation. The scheme works a lot as well. And and Pitt, I, and I think this is this is one of the things I'm, I'm excited about with the ACC championship and the potential bump up in recruiting. Narduzzi could actually get high pedigree guys to play in his scheme. If you know anything about his Michigan State scheme, look at what he did when he got great corners and good safeties. Man, that thing was humming. I mean, it was unstoppable almost. It was hard to get through. When he had guys there that were great corners, it was it was a, a stalwart of a defense as you will get. Now, there's criticisms, and I think that, you know, not playing a nickel package is really stupid. I hate that about his scheme. Like, you should be running a nickel package in the modern day NCAA high school, NFL. I don't care where you are at what level. Nickel is a it has to be a thing. And the Delta package isn't used as much as it should be. And so put it, keeping your linebacker on the field instead of bringing in a third corner or third safety, whatever it might be, a little weird to me. I don't get that. But but the efficacy, it, it's clear. Like there is high upside to, to his scheme. It's an aggressive scheme. It's an attacking scheme. And it forces you to take the low percentage throws. And what Pat Narduzzi did so well this year was after that Western Michigan game where they completely just exploited the scheme. They knew it was coming. He made the adjustments he needed to make. And he took a hands-on approach and stepped in and said, this is what we're doing, and this is how we change it. He's not a static coach. He comes in and changes things. He this People don't realize how adaptive Narduzzi is. Like he will change his scheme overall. He'll get little tweaks. Like he'll sling the run fits. That was one thing they did. And so the guys weren't in as much conflict on the second level. It was much easier for the linebackers. It took a little bit of pressure off the linebackers, and the linebackers could key in on their receivers, on the quarterback, and it was they were able to play a lot smarter. And so they were able to get in those passing lanes. They played a little bit more inside leverage. They played with a little bit more different coverages on the back end. Sam Hartman didn't know what the heck hit him because they weren't just playing quarters. They were playing cover two. They, they mixed in some cover three. They mixed in a few of these different coverages. He's not a guy that's static. And, and when things happen, and that game was a debacle, and Narduzzi knew it, he made the changes necessary to change. And I thought that was really good. And so the scheme, it is what it is. But clearly, and you can see it, they get the most out of the talent. They maximize it. The talent evaluation is good. The defense has been one of the best in the nation over the past three seasons. Number four, only behind Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. That's an absurd stat, and and I think we do need to give Narduzzi a little bit more credit for what he's done here as a defensive guru and and overall what that has bared in the fruits uh, of his labor. So I, I think we need to talk about that a little bit more. All right, folks, let's talk about the women's team. Where are they at after their win over Clemson tonight? However, first, folks, let me let you know about Bilt Bar because, listen, it's almost the end of January, and I know you had those New Year's resolutions at the beginning of the month, and if yours was about getting fit or staying healthier, I got the right thing for you. Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, and they make it easier to stick to that resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike most protein 
bars. Folks, I know you want to eat healthy, but that can become hard. But Built Bar doesn't make it hard at all. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, but compared to candy bars, you get all the health benefits of a protein bar. Low calories, low sugar, low net carbs, high in protein. You get all the health benefits of a protein bar with the taste of that unhealthy candy bar. And folks, there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. And in fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com to see what's new. Folks, go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order. Just use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. podcast here on this great Friday edition. Now, I haven't talked enough about the women's team this year. You know, they had a great start. We talked a little bit about them. Could they sustain it? They had a rough start, a very rough start to the ACC schedule. But it was kind of expected. Six of their first seven opponents were ranked opponents. It was a really brutal schedule for this Pitt women's team. The ACC is a really good conference in terms of women's basketball. And so expecting them to compete there was always a drag. Like, you could see the talent on the team, but there were issues. The turnovers, the the out-of-control play, the fact that they just weren't a good shooting team. They shot at a high volume, but they didn't make a lot of those shots. Maybe they didn't get enough boards. The interior play wasn't up to par. And then the win against Wake Forest came. And, and things have kind of changed. Actually, you know what? Things have kind of changed ever since that that second half against Virginia Tech, where Pitt was down big in Blacksburg, stormed back, gave Virginia Tech a big-time scare, even though Virginia Tech ended up winning that game. Gave them a big-time scare. Then they came back to the Pete, won their first conference game. They gave Notre Dame a game. They go on the road here to Clemson, win in overtime. This game... It was not a pretty game by any means, but Pitt's getting the contributions they need from from people around the program. Because obviously you are getting the high volume shots from Dacian at Harris and Jayla Ev. Those they always shoot the rock at a high volume. Sometimes it's a low percentage. Jayla Everett's field goal percentage this season, it's not good. It's not pretty to look at. Like Jayla Everett has struggled in terms of that this year. But she has made the shots when it counts. And boy, was tonight ever true of that. I mean, Jayla Everett this year is shooting 34% from the feet. Only 30% from three. But she made the big-time shots when you needed her to. And and I think the, the, the bigger thing for Pitt has been the, the lack of turnovers over the past few games since that Virginia Tech game. They've kept their amount below 15 for now three straight games. And this was a team averaging nearly 20 turnovers per game before that. Even in their big wins, they would have a lot of turnovers. They're playing much more control now. Much more control. That's made a huge difference for this pit team because they're not giving away free possessions. They're not giving away free points in transition. They've been big time in terms of just allowing that their offense to breathe a little bit. I don't love the shot selection. Like, like don't get me wrong in terms of this. I think their shot selection at times has still been shoddy. I don't think it's necessarily been 
up to par at times. And I think Jayla ever takes some wild shots every now and then. And she did tonight. But she made the big-time shots when needed. Amy Hayford had a huge three. And, and I thought she played really well today. Really well. And, and getting Amy Hayford going is an underrated thing for this team because when you look at, at what this team's going through and, and what they need, this team needs that athleticism in the backcourt because – while Dacia Harris and, and Jayla Everett and Destiny Strother and all of them, they, I mean, they're athletic. Amy Hayford's probably the best athlete of that entire group. She's explosive. She's quick. She's certainly very fast. You don't want to get into a foot race with her in transition. She'll beat you every time. So having her actually play well in that second half opened things up. And, and taking that three, you know, she needs to get more confident in taking that three in that shot. And that was big. And, and there's there's things that you look at, and Pitt is doing a lot better. And those turnovers are, are the number one thing. Again, they have volume shooters. Like, Dacian and Harris is 5 of 16 today. They have a lot of volume shooters. They didn't shoot well today. I mean, it was 36%, but Clemson didn't either. They're stingy defensively, too. That's what Pitt has to be. Pitt has to be that type of, of defensive stalwart. And, and when your turnovers happen, get back and play good defense. And they did that today. Only eight points off turnover for Clemson. Pitt had double that, and Clemson only had three more turnovers. Pitt did a nice job of settling down. They don't have as many offensive droughts. Amber Brown is playing well. Her dribble driving game continues to improve, and I'm impressed by what she's doing. What I'm really impressed by, though, is you know Lance White playing with the lineups and trying to find what he can do, and and he's coached this team now. You know, for three years they have played this hyper offensive type of style where they just go 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 go. Now they're slowing it down. They're actually play- there's purposes to passes. There's purposes to everything they do, right? Everything they do out there, they do it with a purpose. And I always appreciate that that type of of change. I think this team, you know, obviously they need some more talent. I think they need another big. I think they need another guard. They could maybe even use another wing. But it's a team that now understands what they're doing. They're talented. They're deep. And they're 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 they have their formula formula. You know, don't turn the ball over a lot. Attack the boards, and they, they have attacked the boards. 50 rebounds today, 17 offensive rebounds. And that that showed up in the stat sheet as well. 16 second chance points today for the pit women. And and so they have this kind of if they if they play decent defense, it doesn't even have to be great defense. If they play decent defense, they don't turn the ball over, they attack the defensive boards especially, good things are usually going to happen for them. And so they can stay competitive with teams like Notre Dame, which they did. They got run out of the building the first time they played Notre Dame. Come back to the peak, didn't happen. It, it was a much closer, much tighter battle because they played a much cleaner game. And, and Pitt was with them the whole time. It wasn't pretty. And then this team doesn't play pretty. But this team plays fundamentally solid that's when they're at their best and they have a few really interesting pieces i think you know getting liatsu king going in this game was big hard playing the most minutes she has in six games in this one king playing 25 minutes off the bench 11 points i think she needs to be playing a lot more she was big down low if you put her in that high post i I think she can do a lot of good things for you and so it's nice to see the growth of the pit women again Three wins last year in conference. I think there's enough teams in this conference they can beat. I I bet good money that they're going to set a new 
conference win, like high overall with Lance White. And this team still has pieces that are going to come back next year. And they're not losing much. So this is not going to be a, a team that loses all that many players. Jayla Everett has an option to come back again next year. They're going to be experienced the same with the seniors, but the seniors have two years of eligibility thanks to their COVID year too. And, and so this is going to be a team that's going to grow. They're going to add more pieces. They're going to add recruits. Um, and, and so we'll see where they go. But but right now I think Lance White at least has the team going up and they've adjusted to what they're doing and their weaknesses overall. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Next week I'll be in Mobile, so I'll be giving you all the good content from there. In the Senior Bowl, Kenny Pickett, Damari, Mathis, Cal Adamitis are down there. We'll talk about their performances, maybe even get some interviews, if you will, with those guys while we are down there. So I will see you next week, folks. As always, thanks for listening, and as always, hail top hit.